Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from not the Gospels this week. It comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 to 25. And to help lead us in our scripture lesson this morning will be one of our elders, uh, Joanne. Good morning. Today's scripture lesson is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. The example of Christ's suffering. For it is a credit to you if being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were going astray like sheep, But now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, we ask that as your word is read and as it is proclaimed, that it may speak to us, that our hearts that have been hardened may be opened that we may find anew the love that you have given to us and the love that you have called us to share. O Lord, in meditating upon your holy scripture, may we find that we become more like you each and every day. Bless our worship this morning and this meditation. And may your spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. From his jail cell in Birmingham in 1963, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. penned his famous letter from Birmingham jail. Now you may ask, what led to the imprisonment of Dr. King? Indeed, there had to be a just cause for detaining him, right? Well, no. Dr. King was arrested for leading a nonviolent protest that advocated for the desegregation of America. And within the confines of the prison walls that surrounded him, Martin Luther King Jr. 
laid out the foundations that would lead one to engage in nonviolent demonstrations that oftentimes included suffering. Suffering, whether it be from unjust governments or systems of oppression, are what we come face to face with this morning in this reading from Peter's letter. And once we identify these areas of suffering, these areas of injustice, the question becomes, how will we respond? That is what we must ask ourselves this morning as we hear these words from the Apostle Peter. That in our suffering, our enduring of injustice, we work towards the reconciliation and justice that Christ desires. In many ways, the passage this morning asks us to look back back to the words of Jesus as he gave his Sermon on the Mount, and where he told the people gathered there, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. We've heard this teaching from Jesus, this portion from the Sermon on the Mount. But it doesn't change necessarily how we act because we aren't good, we aren't good friends at turning the other cheek. I myself included. Because our uh, fight or flight biology tends to say that turning the other cheek would be a foolish thing. Yet it is in our endurance of suffering, our endurance of suffering from injustice, where we are told that we are doing what is right in the eyes of God. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself this morning. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here because there are a couple of important things, very important things, that we need to clear up first. One is that passages like this one from 1 Peter have often been used to justify mistreatment of many different people groups. And two, if we think that Peter is telling us that suffering is all we can do about injustice, then you've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again, then we have missed the mark if that is what we think Peter is telling us to do. Because at the core of Peter's message is the foundational truth that our standing up for truth and justice is directly tied to how Jesus would have lived and acted. From Peter's point of view, we are called to stand against such wrongdoings. But if we do not embody the spirit of Christ in doing so, then we risk our words and our actions becoming an empty shell. Certainly this time has demonstrated the many ways in which the various systems of our world need realigning. Our awareness of suffering and injustices have become more heightened. And those experiences, those stories that people have to tell cannot be ignored. 
whether it be the stories from the laborers with their calloused hands who tend the fields and put food on our tables, or whether it be the stories from mail carriers who deliver our packages, whether it be the stories of homeless who have had to sleep in parking lots, or whether it be the stories from essential workers who do not have the protective equipment that they need. And friends, there are many more stories that can be told. Suffering these wrongs do not mean we should ever accept them as an everyday or normal part of life. Because that's the risk we run. We run the risk of becoming callous to stories of suffering. But the church, and I mean the church with a big C, referring to the church universal, along with you and me, has been called to speak up against such things, against suffering, and to take action that is in line with the very heart of God. A heart that tells us to turn the other cheek and to also be a voice for the widow and the orphan. Jesus came into the world not only to show us how we can enter into a deeper relationship with God, because that is a part of it, but Jesus also came to show us what it means to live in a society, in a community that places compassion and the law of God's love above all else. So once we have then identified the areas that need readjusting, how are we going to take action? Or we might instead want to ask ourselves, how are we going to respond in such a way that models the hands and the feet work of Christ? Well, in his letter from Birmingham jail, Dr. King wrote this, that in any nonviolent campaign, there are four basic steps the collection of facts to determine whether injustices are alive, self-purification, negotiation, and direct action. Friends, we can follow in the footsteps of Dr. King and the many men and women who came before him who were followers of Christ and spoke up for the plight of the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger from a distant land. And it is vital for us even now in this season of our lives that we find ourselves in to live out our faith in such a way where when we see suffering, we work to address it. Because if we can identify the broken aspects of our world, even if we are just looking outside of our windows from our homes, if we can look out and identify those broken aspects of our world, then we can begin the necessary work of healing and restoration. Restoration that grants justice, that grants dignity to all of humanity and to all of creation. In many ways, you might say that the old song, they will know we are Christians by our love, is the anthem for today's passage and message. Our actions and our inactions will speak to whether or not we have been touched 
by the transforming love of God. Now, in this transformation and our seeking to address suffering and injustice, friends, I can guarantee you 100%, we won't all agree on how to live out that calling from God. That's a fact. I'm not sure about many things, but I am sure about that. (laughs) Because each of us, and here's the blessing, each of us possesses various gifts and talents and skills and passions So it's only natural at some point we will disagree. But the crucial thing for us to remember is that our lives have been claimed and sealed in God's love, God's eternal love. And our decisions and our actions will be a reflection of whether or not we have lived into that transformative hope that we profess each Easter season. No one should suffer for the sake of of suffering. And in our pursuit to speak truth and to bring justice to those who have been denied justice, we can live, move, and have our being in the one who first modeled such true sacrificial love. It has been a blessing to see how our local community has stepped up to meet the growing need of our neighbors to work in addressing some of this suffering. Whether it be food drives hosted by local groups such as the the Knights of Columbus, or to see the work of the Putnam Mask Makers Guild and our own mask making group, and the countless others who are going above and beyond the call to help each other out. That is fantastic. And if you think it's fantastic, I would love to get an amen in the chat for that. I know we're Presbyterians, but I am asking for an amen because that is fantastic. Yeah, I would hope that when we start getting back, getting back out into the world, trying to establish a new norm, that we will strive then to create systems that will keep those who are suffering and experiencing injustices from falling through the cracks of our society again. And the key is that you and me, with the inspiration and power and courage we receive from God's Holy Spirit, that gives us the power. We can follow the rules and the laws that govern the world around us, and at the same time, be that living testimony to the spiritual, the secular truths of Jesus' teaching. And when I mean secular, I mean those all-encompassing truths. Again, just because suffering and injustices exist does not mean we let it happen without asking questions of why or taking action. Suffering. Suffering from isolation. Suffering from injustice or any source is a sign of brokenness. But it is also a sign of an opportunity, a great opportunity to bring about that restorative justice, that restoration of our communities that God desires. As we celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this Sunday, we recall the ultimate act of suffering that Christ underwent 
so that we might take on lives that are not centered on ourselves, but on the well-being of all of humankind. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. That's the law of God's love, that demands each and every one of us be an active participant in the work of justice and the work of healing to alleviate such suffering. In our being a voice for the voiceless, an advocate for workers, widows, orphans, the homeless, the sick, ourselves, our fire department, our police officers, for all of the above, you name it, we take our collective suffering to the table and we ask that God transform what we bring so that we might then become co-laborers in creating something new. Suffering for justice and restoration may bring us to prison like Dr. King, or it may ask, unfortunately, that we stay indoors a little while longer. However, this suffering or waiting has shown what we can do as people of faith to take a stand for such alleviation of suffering, for equity and fairness in a world that too often seems to forget what it means to care for the least of these. Friends, they will know we are Christians by whether or not we come out of this learning how to live more deeply in community with one another and with God and our ability or inability to advocate for the kind of justice and healing that is held close to the heart of God. So in our suffering, let us continue onward with resilience and hope and action that in our pain we will be led to the place where God calls us to, to be a more fuller community that embraces one another and to create communities where we care for one another more sincerely and to look after one another's well-being as Christ would have us do. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.